You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network. You're listening to episode 361 and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. Jack Collier is the co-founder and CTO of Atlantis Technology, a software development agency outside of Boston. Jack has been developing software for more than 20 years and an enthusiastic Rails developer since 2005. He's worked on more than 75 different Rails projects of all shapes and sizes. When he's not writing code, Jack enjoys flying drones, photography, and genealogy. He lives in Waltham, Massachusetts with his wife and two young children. It is so great to have you on the show, Jack. Hey, it's great to be here, Brittany, and greetings from Waltham, Massachusetts. Wonderful. So Jack, let's get started with your developer origin story. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so I graduated from college with aspirations of being a web developer uh, at the peak of the dot-com bubble bursting. Uh, it was a really you know, challenging time to find work and the market was just flooded with web developers because all these big dot-com companies had uh, just gone out of business. But um, I think what really helped me in my career uh, then and, and still now was just being really stubbornly positive. Um, and that, uh, I think it, it really helps to stay positive when you're working alongside really awesome people. Uh, I, I hear that, you know, one of my co-founders, Brian Mariani, I think he's been on your podcast a couple times. He's one of our most popular guests. So it's <laughs> <laughs> great. Brian's an awesome guy. It's been, um, uh, just a privilege to work with him for almost 20, 20 years now. I think this is our 19th year, uh, working together and he's just a, a really great guy and he really cares about, uh, you know, serving uh, Rails engineers and, and the startups that he works with. Uh, and I, if it's okay, I have a really quick story about uh, Brian that sort of uh, tells you about the kind of guy he is and the kind of people that uh, I like working with. I am from a really small town uh, in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. And um, when I was uh, early on in my career, um, uh, my family went through a, a really challenging time. Uh, my mom uh, passed away suddenly. And uh, it, was, it was a tough time for me and a tough time for my family. And uh, Brian and all of my colleagues at the company uh, all rented a big van together and piled in it. And they drove the six hours uh, from Boston up into the Adirondack Mountains uh, in winter um, to uh, you know, attend her memorial service and support me and support my family. And that just, that really it was uh, incredible to me. There's, I feel like there's not a lot of um, companies out there where your colleagues will do that. So uh, that, he's just, he's a really great guy and I'm really fortunate to work with um, really great people. Yeah. Anyways, th- this is my first time being on a podcast. I'm a little bit nervous. So thanks for, uh, thanks for going easy on me. You're doing great, Jack. So what's the relationship between Atlantis Technology and Mirror Placement then? Sure. Uh, the companies were founded at about the same time. And uh, what happened was um, we started out as a software development agency and just found that um, there were there was a lot of demand for uh, for work and and sometimes uh, it just we didn't have the capacity to to deal with it and um, uh, sometimes uh, companies just wanted to hire our developers away and uh, Brian who's great really great at networking and connecting people uh, said hey why why don't we see if we can do some recruiting while we're at it so um, that's sort of how it all started. So I think calling you a Ruby on Rails enthusiast might be putting it lightly. So I'd love to get into (laughs) how you started using Ruby on Rails. 
Yeah, sure. I started using Rails in the 2005 or 2006, uh, not long after uh, it was released. And uh, I had a, a, a mentor and colleague at the time who sort of told me to check it out. And I had been doing uh, PHP and uh, uh, in a LAMP stack and some Java. And I had been really excited about that because, oh, it's object-oriented programming. I'd come from Perl. Um, and I just thought that, you know, PHP and object-oriented programming was fantastic. Um, so I thought, like, how can it get better than this? And then after my, my colleague gave me a 15-minute tour of Rails, I was, you know, really intrigued. And um, there was this uh, old guide. It was, uh, it was called Wise Poignant Guide to Ruby. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's actually it's... sitting on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's like a, it's like a cartoon with, with you know, uh, foxes talking about chunky bacon, and you're learning about Ruby the whole time, and you sort of don't even realize it. And uh, uh, it, it was just so imaginative and whimsical. And that had I had never been exposed to anything like that in my programming experience up until then. So I, that really hooked me on Ruby. Uh, it just programming Ruby was so Ruby was so much more enjoyable because it reads like English, you know. And Rails as a framework sort of. It solved all of the you know boilerplate and utility junk that I'd been writing over and over again in PHP and in Java and you know getters and setters and like sometimes I would remember to put SQL injection protection in my queries back then, but it wasn't like built into a framework of any sort. So um, yeah, I, I really loved working with Rails because I could start solving business problems really fast, uh, and that's that's really the fun part of like testing. I uh, testing was like not a normal thing that we did in PHP. And migrations, right? I remember migrations for me used to be just copying and pasting SQL into a production database uh, all those years ago. So it was, it was great to just bring best practices and structure into, uh, into the, our programming life. Well, we're closing on 16 years of you using Ruby on Rails, which is impressive. But there are a lot of other competing frameworks out there. So why do you keep using Rails? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. For me, um, a really important aspect uh, of Ruby on Rails is is the community. The community is so awesome. Uh, it's welcoming and it's it's collaborative. Um, it's not super competitive and it's not it's never like derisive. Uh, I've seen that in some other you know programming communities. It's not uh, oh it's not RTFM. You know that's just not part of the the Ruby on Rails culture at all. So. Um, I think because of that welcoming culture, we've seen a lot of uh, junior engineers really supercharge their careers because they, they embrace Rails and the community uh, really embraces them. Um, and I mean, uh, our company has been beneficiaries of this ever-expanding community too, so there are really tons of great gems and open source projects out there and we've really connected with uh, a lot of, of really talented developers and a lot of really awesome clients too. Uh, but I think of I think on the technical side of things, um, I keep uh, using Rails because uh, it's it's got a really high development velocity relative to other like languages and frameworks that I've used. So for like a new project or an MVP or even like a rewrite of a legacy system, um, nothing really beats Rails to me. We don't have to spend a lot of time translating our thoughts into code. I feel like I can. Um, write code in Ruby about as fast as I can think, you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, I love it for that reason. And I know that there is 
um, what feels like ongoing controversy and criticism around uh, performance with Ruby and Rails, but uh, I have to confess in the like 75 or more projects that I've worked on, I, I've never seen Ruby or Rails really be a bottleneck. It's always something else. It's N plus one queries or some sort of poorly implemented pattern or some kind of other efficiency, but it's, it's almost never Ruby or Rails. I've never opened up Scout APM and saw, oh, things are running slow because you're using Ruby. That just that doesn't really happen for me. So yeah, I love Rails and I intend to keep using it to, to build uh, web applications and APIs. Well, I'm interested. What kind of projects are you currently developing on Rails? Yeah, uh, well, let's see. Uh, first, I want to say it's, it's, a, it's a really great time to be a software engineer. Um, demand for our work has never really been higher, and that's, that's something it, it feels like we can say about every passing month and year now. Um, we, uh, at our company, we're really focused on uh, selecting projects of, of consequence, um, projects that we know that our engineering efforts are going to really quickly make uh, a big difference. And my favorite projects are, uh, are in health tech and biotech. We've had a lot of clients uh, that are in uh, the genomics space and digital pathology and medical devices and, and, uh, and patient advocacy. So uh, the work that we do uh, feels like it, it's saving lives and it's making people's lives uh, healthier and better. And, and that feels really rewarding. Um, but we also do work in uh, ed tech, educational technologies. There's been, a, you know, a dramatic increase uh, during the pandemic, and I don't really see that going away. And uh, in fintech, also, uh, financial technologies, uh, we're in the um, early stages of sort of democratizing financial processes uh, about information and money, and, and I think it's a process that's going to uh, keep playing out for decades, and, and I think it's going to really uh, create opportunities for, for everybody. So as the current CTO of Atlantis, are you currently still coding? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I spend, uh, um, I, I try to spend half of my day coding. That's impressive because normally that's a, that's a hard trick to do as a CTO. So how do you manage to, how do you manage to keep the bucket of like protected coding time? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think that uh, I'm fortunate to work with a lot of people who, um, uh, in terms of management, don't need tons and tons of, of management. They are, are very self-directed and, and uh, really bright coders. Um, and so uh, I do a lot of PRs, but, um, uh, and I try to give really good feedback, but it tends to be that, that our, our teammates uh, provide each other with really good uh, feedback. So I can really provide uh, you know, direction and um, and advise people on which way to go, but uh, uh, I'm I'm grateful to work with uh, with really great colleagues. And um, at the end of the day, if I haven't gotten enough coding in, I just stay up for an extra hour or two at night to get that in. That makes sense. Well, how <laughs> yeah. has the pandemic changed things? I would say first and foremost, our I, we've been really fortunate. Our company, um, we've all remained relatively healthy, and that and not everyone can say that. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful that not only do uh, I have a job that lets me work from home safely, uh, but uh, that the business has been really well. It's been thriving, and certainly not everyone's in that position. I have a lot of um, close friends and uh, neighbors who have been out of work for a year or so, you know, and, and they're still struggling. So 
Uh, I just I remind myself to be grateful every day that uh, I I get to do something I love and that uh, and that and that it pays pretty well. Um, our company started making the transition to remote work a couple of years ago, probably three or four years ago. Um, at the time, only maybe a quarter of my colleagues took advantage of that. Most of us still went to uh, our office just outside of Boston. But as of you know last March. Um, we have been a fully remote organization. Our, <laughs> our uh, CEO actually uh, converted our office into sort of a family play space with like toys and games and things. Um, so that, uh, you know, on, on weekdays or weekends or whatever, up in New England when it gets really cold um, and everyone's been inside all the time, you just want to get out of the house so uh, people can sort of sign up and use uh, what used to be our office and, and use this as a family uh, play space. Uh, it's been a great way to get through winter. This episode of the 5x5 Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Scout APM. Scout APM is application performance monitoring designed to help Rails developers quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache or overhead of enterprise platform feature bloat. With the developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties bottlenecks to source code, Scout helps you quickly pinpoint and resolve performance concerns, like N plus one queries, slow database queries, and memory bloat, so you can spend less time debugging and more time building a great product. And with Scout's real-time alerting and weekly digest emails, you can rest easier knowing that Scout's on watch to help you resolve performance issues before your customers ever see them. Give Scout a try today with a free 14-day trial and experience firsthand why Rails developers worldwide call Scout their best friend. And as an added bonus for Ruby on Rails listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. Learn more at scoutapm.com slash Ruby on Rails. Thank you to Scout APM for supporting the show. What an amazing idea. I love that. It's so creative. Inspired. Um, but I think that, you know, being a fully remote organization for the last year has, um, it, it's caused us to sort of double down on the processes that we had uh, sort of practice a little bit going into uh, the pandemic. And for us, that uh, a lot of that has revolved around sort of um, like relentlessly documented productivity. So, you know, as engineers, we're always uh, collaborating with our clients using Pivotal Tracker and Jira and ticketing systems like that. But uh, during the pandemic, we saw a real increased uh, need and, and value for more like um, qualitative engineering reports that aren't just, you know, what stories that I get done and what's my velocity. Uh, so at the end uh, of every day, each of our engineers spends 10 or 15 minutes just writing out sort of a summary uh, of the day's wins and uh, whatever they accomplished and whatever challenges they had, and whatever blockers and like recommendations that they have too, right? So uh, we take the, the highlights of these daily notes from a team, the team leader takes all those and uh, curates them into a, a weekly stakeholder report uh, that can be read by engineers, but it can also be read by non-technical stakeholders uh, to understand the, the velocity, but also more importantly, any decision points or blockers or concerns or recommendations uh, about what we've achieved over the course of the week. And, and I think that might sort of sound like over-communication, but uh, we've found that um, during this, the, the pandemic and everyone's working from home, there's a lot of distractions at home and there's, there's a lot of you know, professional distractions too. And that it's been super for, helpful for us to sort of um, uh, focus on what, what's been achieved during the day, and and um, and it really helps our clients understand what we're, what we're accomplishing all the time. So, what do you look for when you're hiring? Yeah, um, 
boy, we've been uh, lucky again over the past year to, to, to grow as a company and to keep hiring. And uh, there's, I think, one word that really describes the type of people that we're looking for, uh, and that word is alacrity. Uh, it's, it's sort of an uncommon word, I think, but it means it's a joyful enthusiasm and a, and a cheerful readiness. It's, it's, uh, it's positive and it's, it's energetic and uh, it, it takes initiative. So uh, that's really what we look for first in people. I think that um, like we can agree that the world has a lot of problems right now, that our, our country has a lot of problems and each of us has our own set of, uh, of challenges and, and a lot of times they're, they're really significant challenges. Um, but I, knowing all that, I think that there has uh, never been a better time to be alive. We have. Uh, as software developers, we have the opportunity to contribute professionally to projects of consequence and get paid really well for it um, and spend time, uh, you know, at home for me, I have two young children. I get to spend more time with them working from home. I, I think uh, there are a lot of great things to take away from this experience. So uh, I think we look for teammates that, that sort of share that perspective and that outlook. I'm curious, is Ruby on Rails experience required, or have you seen a good transfer of skills from other similar frameworks? Yeah, it's a good question. We have, um, we have had really good experiences with people uh, picking up Rails really quickly. That shouldn't be a surprise. I think, again, the, the thing that we're looking for is, is the right kind of attitude and perspective um, and, and, a, and an eagerness to do some hard work to make the world a better place. So I've been a developer consultant before, and I feel that the skill set is quite different than being a product engineer. And so I'm curious if you prefer to hire um, developers who have already consulted before, or do you like getting that different perspective of someone who's only worked on a singular product? Yeah, I am not super picky about that. I think that both of them offer different perspectives uh, um, and, and bring different skill sets to the table. And because uh, we're a team, there's a lot of collaboration internally, even across projects. So uh, if someone has skills that they need to fill in, there's always someone else to help mentor them through that. Um, and I, th I think we're always open to, to bringing people with, uh, with new perspectives in. Interesting. So you have a preference for Ruby on Rails. I'm curious, do you have preferences for the front end? Um, you know what? Uh, I, a lot of the work here that we do is, is in React. So. That would, I think, probably be my strongest preference. But uh, there's lots of really exciting work being done in the in the front end world these days. So it feels like there's constantly new tools to play with. So um, I think we're we're always eager to to learn about those. So for the majority of your clients, do they have an existing Ruby on Rails application that you're now augmenting or upgrading or adding new features to, or is this someone coming in who needs a greenfield application? Yeah, uh, honestly, we have a diversity of, of both of those situations. Um, and sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. So someone has a, uh, an MVP that has, is just starting to get off the ground and uh, their development team somewhere, for whatever reasons, reason, didn't work out and they come to us. So we've really worked with clients sort of at all stages. So that includes uh, really tiny uh, companies that have an idea that they want to get launched to enterprise clients that really want to uh, expand their teams quickly. So um, I, I think we've sort of seen it all. I'm curious, is there an Atlantis way to um, approach Rails? Are there certain gems or certain patterns that you try to adhere to whenever you're starting on a new client project? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we try to approach everything uh, in sort of an agile, pragmatic way. So there's not really a prescribed process. Uh, that way, that being said, I think there's really strong tendencies around what gems we use. Uh, is it okay if I list a couple out? Oh, yes, please do. Great, yeah. So uh, we almost always use device for authentication. We add in uh, a two-factor gem to make sure that we always have two-factor turned on. Um, I think uh, we are preferential towards RSpec and FactoryBot. Uh, I love using Guard with RSpec so that when I make changes in my code, it's automatically running tests against them. Um, so uh, those are a couple of the ones that I feel strongly about. Whenever we're using uh, developing APIs, uh, I like using RSwag to set up uh, Swagger documentation. I think RSwag is great. I think it's a, a hiv like a hidden library out there that like once you start using it, it's pretty addicting. Absolutely. Yeah. What about for hosting? Do you have a preference there? Uh, we, as often as we can, use uh, for smaller projects, I, I think Heroku does a really great job of getting us off the ground quickly. Uh, but really with a lot of our clients being um, in uh, spaces that require uh, uh, extra security protection. Um, we often go with uh, just Amazon Web Services. I think they do a, a really great job of, of offering the sort of robust set of features that we need to uh, have security and resiliency in that. How do you and the team keep educated on the newest improvements being made into both Ruby and Ruby on Rails? Ruby weekly newsletter. I think that it's full of great content. Uh, and it always helps me stay on top of um, how Ruby and Rails are uh, evolving, uh, new tools that are available, new uh, practices that we can follow, uh, and things like that. So I think it's a really great newsletter. This episode of the 5x5 Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Raygun. Are you using the latest tools to monitor your Ruby app's performance? With Raygun Error and Performance Monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to quickly find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. Raygun gives you real-time visibility into the health of your software so you can see how your code performs in the hands of who matters most, your customers. Save time, money, and sanity by visiting raygun.com ruby and join thousands of software teams who use Raygun every day to ship better quality code faster. It takes just minutes to set up and starts from as little as $4 per month. This is a tool you definitely want to check out. So head to raygun.com ruby to get started on your free 14-day trial or simply search Raygun on the Heroku Marketplace. Thanks to Raygun for supporting the show. Well, as someone who has committed so much of their career really at this point to Ruby on Rails, I ask all of my guests this, but what are your thoughts on the future of the Ruby and Ruby on Rails communities? Uh... Well, first of all, I, I think that your podcast and all the work that you put into it uh, is, is just really fantastic. It's, it's so awesome to hear from uh, the diversity of guests that you have on, um, on their perspectives on, on Ruby and Rails, but also uh, sort of the business side of things. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the community grows by uh, bringing in new developers um, and, and, and getting people excited about programming. And anything that we can do to make that like a welcoming and fun experience, I think is really great. Uh, it makes me think of um, many, many years ago, there was a, a course that you could take from, uh, it was made by Envy Labs. It was called uh, 
rails for zombies i think and <laughs> it was basically a, a an online course that you would take that would let you uh that would talk you through creating twitter uh for zombies um and that was just such a, a fun and engaging experience that uh that um i i loved sharing with people because people that didn't have a, a huge interest in in coding suddenly it made it fun and exciting so it, um it was just such a, a better experience than reading like an o'reilly book and the O'Reilly books have their place and they're important, but uh, I think it's really great to get people excited about programming too. So, I love Rails for Zombies as well. Uh, it got it got folded into a different platform at one point that then got acquired by Pluralsight. So I think it's still out there. Not sure if the code is in any way so usable, but I love the concept behind it. I hope it lives on. Which is very much a zombie thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, you do great work, and, and I, I, I love what you do, and, and I, I, I like, love the chance to support it, and I'm excited to be on, on your show. Fabulous. Well, uh, Jack, how can listeners follow you? Sure, yeah. Uh, our company is uh, Atlantis Technology. It's at atlantistech.com, and uh, my handle sort of all over the Internet is uh, I'm not quite Jack. Awesome. Is Atlantis currently hiring? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, listeners, you heard it. So if you are interested in working with Jack, definitely reach out. I will include everything in the show notes. Jack, it is always such a pleasure for someone to pick the Ruby on Rails podcast as their first podcast. So thank you so much for visiting us today. Thank you, Brittany. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 network. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review and thank you for listening.